0: Hello and welcome to week two of the Extra Point podcast. I'm Matt Temple and I'm joined by Ross Williams. And well, the NFL is back. What a week. What a weird week. My Niners, your Colts. Yeah, it was not the best of starts. But what was good? Our bets. I had my Joe Flacco and Baker Mayfield interceptions pick come in. Ross, your couple of winners?
1: Yeah, I managed to get a couple, which is uh, always a good start. As you say, week one. So, so difficult. We, we did downplay it last week, how difficult week one is, but we haven't seen these teams play in nine months. It's so, so tricky. So to get any winners at all. I think we're quite happy with. The Vikings beat the Packers. Really, really happy with that one. I got that at an early price evens. Uh, and the Chargers, yeah, they covered the spread uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. We will discuss in a second how they've done their week two game because Of course, there's no football was last night. Um, but yeah, a couple, a couple of nice winners just to get us going. Uh, a little bit of profit week one. Let's see what we can do week two
0: definitely week one is just tough you're dealing with whole new defensive schemes new players we don't know how these teams are going to set up we've got the data now we know target shares snap shares personnel everything we're ready for week two let's get it so last night the chiefs ran out 27 24 against the Chargers. a great win a great match huge talking points justin herbert first of all injured could be looking quite bad that throw he did looks when he, his ribs were hurt, I don't know, it looks pretty dodgy. What do you think, Ross? Yeah, it's it's not ideal, week two, uh, to see
1: a, such a talented QB as well uh, take a shot like that as he went out for the play, came back in. I mean, you've got to give props to Justin Herbert, bit of a bit of a warrior move for him in the fourth quarter to come back, and then um, he threw a strike to DeAndre the Carter then as well after that. It wasn't enough in the end, um, but still managed to come back in the game. Thankfully for Herbert, he's now got 10 days, I believe, to recover for his next game. Uh, will that be enough? Kind of remains to be seen. It's certainly one of them that's going to need scans. Apparently, he was getting scans straight after the game yesterday uh, on his ribs. But did take a fair, did take a fair shot. So um, a little bit worrying for the Chargers. Hopefully, for their for their sake and for my sake, because they are my early Super Bowl pick. Uh, just there, no, but doesn't miss too much time.
0: If he goes down, the Chargers go down. That team is gone without him. I could not agree more. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's oh, it's a great team on paper. Don't be wrong. I think we talked last week even about. Uh, how well the defence looks at times, the talent they, they've got, Justin Eckler's King now to come back in, of course, but Justin Herbert is the X factor of that team. So, yeah, fingers crossed for the Chargers. That's not um, that's not too bad an injury. And fingers crossed for NFL fans generally because he is great to watch Justin Herbert. So let's hope Definitely. that's,
0: yeah, not too bad. You look on the other side, the Chiefs, I think, to be honest, it's the Bills or the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. That AFC Championship game, uh, I'm penciling it in already, that is going to be a blockbuster. But the Chiefs, it's just... The Mahomes show. He is so good, and I've had, they're my favorite now.
1: I read a brilliant quote about him this morning, which I think is absolutely spot on. Um, they said Patrick Mahomes last night. It was like Michael Jordan on an off day, in the sense that it probably wasn't the best. Michael, uh, it wasn't the best Patrick Mahomes, should I say? The best Patrick Mahomes was probably last week, uh, where he threw the five strikes against the Cardinals. He wasn't even at his best, but much like Michael Jordan back in the day with the Bulls. He didn't need to be. He's still the best player on the field. He really is just that good. Um, Yeah, the defense held their um, end of the bargain in this game very much so. That's been the the real scary thing about the the Chiefs so far this season, these first two games, that the offense is the offense. We know what to expect from there. But the defense looks like a bit of an Achilles heel for Kansas City, but it's not proven to be. They're actually stepping up, despite, you know, personnel we're not even that familiar with. It's a rookie who wins, who gets the. I guess the uh, the crucial final play uh, last night with the interception, a seventh round rookie. The defence are stepping up. And as you say, as much as much like charges, as much I like these Chargers, as much as I like them for the Super Bowl this year, after the first couple of weeks, you, you, it's hard to look past Kansas City at the moment. They'll be up there with Buffalo, as you say. Okay, then. Week two. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I had a few winners week one. Let's find some uh, in week two. And let's start with... A team that really interested, I think, all of us uh, in week one in the late window on the Sunday, which is the New York Giants. They're going up against the Carolina Panthers this week. And I believe I read earlier, the New York Giants, this is the first time in 15 games they've been favoured to win a regular win <laughs> season that. game. Yeah, this is... Uh, uncharted territory for these New York Giants it really is but it is justified I think it is justified after what they did to the Tennessee Titans
0: the AFC. I think this is this is the first time they've had a winning record since that boat photo on the playoffs of <laughs> the Odell Beckham
1: <laughs> that'll be it that'll be it yeah I mean the AFC's number one seed last year in the Tennessee Titans they they took them down in pretty good uh, pretty good style last week um ballsy style as well I think you can say Brian Dabble hell of a call hell of a call to stay, stay at it with a two point conversion um yeah, this, this looks like a good game on paper, the Carolina Panthers and the Giants. Giants favoured, as I say, let's be honest, all that favouritism is about Saquon Barkley. He looked back. And as a general NFL fan, not necessarily a fan of the Giants, I think most of us watched that game with a smile on our face uh, on su- Sunday evening. We we followed this guy since he was back in college, 2016, 2017. We knew he was going to be a star. He was a star in his rookie year, even his sophomore year to an extent. I think he still had 1,000 yards. Such bad luck since then. It was really, really great to see him somewhere near his best. 164 all yards. Back. All the way back. All the way back. 164 yards and a touchdown against the Titans. Can he do the same again this week? and you've got some pretty strong thoughts on this, haven't you?
0: Yes. Yeah, 194 yards if you throw in the uh, receptions too. He accounted for 61% of their total offence, just in terms of the play call and not even the yards. The yards, that's a higher percent. He is, he is the point of this offence. And yeah... I think my two bets are Saquon to have over 107.5 scrimmage yards—that's his line—and then Saquon to score a brace as well of touchdowns. I think let's get let's get stat heavy. So we got 61% of the total offensive plays. He had a 33% target share. Daniel Jones only threw 20. He attempted only 21 passes, and he, seven of them going to Saquon. A third of them. It's kind of surprising that he only had 30 receiving yards, to be honest. I think we'll double that this week. I could see him having 60, maybe not as much on the ground, but definitely the receiving yards are going to go up. 107 yards. I think you can easily get that when you factor in who he's playing. It's the Carolina Panthers, week one. They got decimated by the Browns. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they just mauled them. I think 213 scrimmage yards total and two touchdowns by Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty pretty bruising and Saquon is going to move the ball he needs to move the ball they haven't really got too much else Brian Dable is going to trust Saquon over Daniel Jones as you would and yeah I really like him and then for the to improve the chance of the brace as well of all players he had three carries with just goal to go only Jamal Williams had more in the entire league throughout week one so yeah Saquon to score a brace I think yeah Give me that at 10 to 3.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. You talk about that short yard situation. Um, something we discussed off air was Kadarius Tony and uh, this Giants offense. who I think anyone who watches the game of football and appreciates the game of football likes watching Kadarius Tony play, but you don't get to see it that often. We don't really know what's going on. Um, but Kadarius Tony, every time he was on the field on Sunday, looked like he was going to make something happen. But he was only on the field seven times. Uh, there's clearly something behind the scenes we don't know about there. If I'm honest, I think the Giants should be probably trade him. If he's not going to be involved in the offense, he's too good. The he fact was playing the trade block, wasn't he, throughout the summer? I don't know exactly. exactly. Yeah. It all went really quiet. Yeah, there's something not quite right. The fact they're not using him, yeah, it just adds to Barker's uh, Barker's chances. I think I really like Barker to score myself. I like the chance to brace. Uh, I like him in a double, not necessarily himself, but talking about this game generally. Christian McCaffrey's on the other side of the field. Um, the Giants' defense is it stronger than? The Panthers' defence, yes, I just think it is. And they're pretty decent against the running fairness as well. But I don't think they're good enough, and I don't think the offence is good enough to completely wipe out the Panthers in this game. I don't think that's possible. Plus, the Panthers, let's be honest, Matt Rule seat's getting a little bit hot. They're going to have to come out for their guy in this game. Christian McCaffrey wasn't used all that much uh, against the Browns. His usage Sunday. was
0: low, surprisingly low, but still managed to get that touchdown, that leap that you kind of worry about. It's It looks great, it's what he does, but injury concerns... In the back of your mind.
1: Exactly. And I think it's the fact that he had 10 carries, I think. I think he may have uh, had four receptions. 14 for him, pretty low. Pretty low. Uh, you know, durability has been a major issue. Christian McCaffrey throughout his career, of course, it has.
0: You'd like to think they're easing him back in, that's that's what you yeah. think.
1: Exactly. I think I'd be much less confident about McCaffrey scoring this game had he had 30 carries last week. I think that's just how it is. The fact he's he's going to be fresh, let's be honest. He's not had much. Uh, it's week two. Yeah, I like McCaffrey in that double with it with Barkley. Get it about three to one. Uh, I think that's a really nice two that touchdown t- double. Should I say easy for me to say? A nice touchdown double uh, in the Giants Panthers game.
0: Very nice. Let's move on to. Um, we both like a couple of bets in the Cards. Cards Raiders. I'll mm. let you. I'll let you tee it off for us.
1: Yeah, I'm taking a bit of a stab in this one. Um, the Raiders are five and a half point favorites at the moment. That could go either way. Um, probably get higher if I'm honest that that might even get as high as six uh it's very much dependent on how the Cardinals injury report comes out um I do believe they're going to get a couple back will it make the difference I'm hoping so I'm hoping so but I'm going to take the Cardinals I'm going to take the Cardinals as underdogs this week you can get almost two to one for the Cardinals to win this game um for those a little less brave like as I say five and a half six points is a is a, is a hefty spread so uh you can err on the side of caution in that instance but what has possessed Cardinals. you? What has possessed
0: you to do this?
1: There's one over, overriding thing in this game. It's easy discount, to discount the Cardinals based on last week. Of course, it is. I think the Chiefs do that to anyone uh, in their defense. I think Patrick Holmes was a man possessed uh, in that game, five touchdowns. There's one stat which really sets these teams apart from last week the Cardinals and the Raiders. The Raiders had three turnovers, the Cardinals did not turn the ball over once which is really surprising when you look at the scoreline. You don't expect that. Mm. The Cardinals were off the boil. Let's be honest, that is not them at the best. They couldn't get the run game going. I expect more from James Conner against the Raiders. I really do. As I say, the Chiefs' defense, we didn't really think much of it coming into the season, but clearly it is, it, it, it is a unit that has stepped up. We saw it last night. Is it a punt this game? Of course, of course it is. Of course it is. At the price it is, of course it is. I don't think the Cardinals are going to be as bad offensive last week. And even then, even when they were at the best, they didn't turn the ball over. Derek Carr... There was a little bit of old Derek Carr in there. I think we all saw it. Some of those throws, you should not make some of those throws. I don't think Derek Carr is going to be twenty twenty one Derek Carr this year. I I really don't. I do see a little bit of a decline. Devante Adams is there, and you'll discuss him in a sec, I'm sure. I like the Cardinals to edge one, or at least make this close. At least make this close. I'd look at the the spread, but close to two to one. I quite like the Cardinals' chance to sneak him up.
0: For me, it's two teams that cannot afford to go zero and two to start their season. This is, they both have been pegged as playoff teams and zero and two starts. That is not the way you want to go. For my bet in this game, I really like Devontae Adams. His week one performance was amazing. He's back with his his best friend, Derek uh, (laughs) Carr. The relationship nobody knew about, but wow, he had... In our defence, nobody watched many Fresno State games at college. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. He had a 49% target share. That was the highest in the league in week one. Obviously, that's not going to be sustainable, but I think he will have a lot of targets. It's a similar situation, I think, to when he was in Green Bay. It's just the trust that you have in a receiver like Devontae Adams. He had almost three times as many targets as his closest teammate. He's just a ball hawk. He's just claiming that many targets and look at what he turned it into he had I think 141 yards and a touchdown and yeah I can see this again the Cardinals secondary it got lit up it Mahomes being Mahomes is going to play into that but some of those receivers they were wide open I don't know where the secondary was that's why I'm swaying towards Devontae Adams going crazy and like you say I think I like the Raiders personally in this game, but something that is fair to say is these teams, they're going to be battling. They both, they shouldn't be 0-2 and two teams. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this. I think Raiders have an implied total of 29 and a half. And yeah, I could see them easily posting a lot of points. Devontae Adams being a monster, putting up a massive score line. So yeah, I think you could have 100 receiving yards, easily a touchdown as well. Factor in, a missed out. He had three red zone targets with just gold to go. So... Yeah, back him for a touchdown. Yeah, I like it. It's one of those things. There's as much
1: sand as back in the Cardinals this game. You kind of take that with a pinch of salt in the sense that Adams is going to do this to every single team. Uh, I think we're all aware of that. It's just what Devontae Adams does. He's done it for years. It's nothing new. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Definitely. He's, it, he's probably going to be the first receiver this season well, he'll probably have a little battle with Justin Jefferson, but to get that first hundred line as well, uh, he's going to crack the three figures uh, very, very soon, if not already. For Justin Jefferson. Yeah, actually.
0: Yeah. Talk to me about JT. You're going on JT again.
1: Uh, I'm going on JT again. Uh, I did tip up a double last week uh, with Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans. Unfortunately, he vanished. Pierce, yeah, he just didn't get the carries we expected. It was a bit, a little bit strange. All this, all
0: this preseason hype for nothing.
1: Yeah, the fact they named him starter as they did, uh, they bluffed us. But as we said week one for you sometimes you just don't really know um, Jonathan Taylor did uphold his end of the bargain in an awful Colts performance it was dreadful uh, they somehow came away with a tie and in an incredible twist of fate this is now the best Colts start since 2013 <laughs> to a regular <laughs> season um, which is remarkable I think there's a conference championship season in that <laughs> in that time scale Um Pretty insane, but yeah, as I've written in my article for Spotting Life this week, you would think yeah you know, the ground had pretty much fallen in um despite the tie. The Colts were awful dren- uh, generally. First half, nothing for them at all. Third quarter, marginally better. It wasn't until the fourth to get anything going. Jonathan Taylor still had over 150 yards on a touchdown. It's just what he does. He's so, so, so good. Um, He's going up against the Jags this week. The Colts going up against the Jags. You talk about teams that don't want to go 0-2. Um, the Colts can't go 0-2 this week but if they go (laughs) 0-1-1 that's going to feel just as bad if not worse um, than one of those 0-2 records that's for sure the Jags ruined that 2021 season for the Colts last season one of the most embarrassing defeats ever potentially in NFL history based on the spread of something like 15-16 points It it was absolutely absurd the Colts cannot afford that to happen they have to rely on Jonathan Taylor in this game keep it simple, there was some strange play calling last week Give the man the football. He's the best back in the league, in my opinion. Feed him. Got to feed him in this game. Plus, Michael Pittman, who actually had a pretty good game at receiver, I think he surprised a few. Uh, he's not He's not guaranteed to play this week. Uh, he's not been practicing. Hopefully, Ooh, the Colts wow. see him. Yeah, hopefully, the Colts see him out there. Um, but it, even, it just gives more credence uh, to get behind Jonathan Taylor. You can shop around a little bit. You can get 100-plus rushing yards and a touchdown around 8-5 to five at the moment, which I think is a really, really strong price, for what it is. Yeah. Um, he averages 117 yards against the Jags, and <laughs> That's that ridiculous, is ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it? the thing that makes it even more ridiculous. I was digging into the numbers. He averages 117 over four games. That first game was his debut in the NFL, where he where, he, <laughs> where he barely had a carry. He had 20 yards in that game. Man, he he monsters the Jags generally. I, it should be a no-brainer. It really should be a no-brainer. This one, 100 plus rushing yards and a touchdown for the John, uh, for Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. If the Colts are going to win this game, it has to happen. It's as so simple as that.
0: Definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us take us to the kicker land now. Please do, please do. I've been waiting for this. I Had a lot of success last year with Evan McPherson and his kicking line. I've I found another a rookie fourth round sensation coming from the Cleveland Browns. Cade York, what a start to your NFL career. He was perfect. Four field goals, two extra points, a game winner, 58 yarder with eight seconds left to seal the win. Not only sealed the win, it was against Baker Mayfield, the win that he covered, he needed. He is already a legend. Is that the best debut by a kicker ever? It's got to be up there, right? Must be, must be. Cleveland is going to be a standing ovation for his home debut now. He's a legend there. In warm-ups, he was hitting 70-yard bombs. This, this kicker is insane. He was breaking records at LSU in his college career. And, yeah, I think his kicking line is at six and a half. He scored 14 points. He counted for 14 points at the Browns, 26 points last week. I'm locking that in. I'm locking that in against the Panthers. I think, not Panthers, sorry, the, the New York Jets. Yes. I think definitely, I, I love this. You just have to factor in, normally you've got a great cricket kick, kicker such as Justin Tucker. Fair enough, he's in a good offence. That means he might just score extra points. He'll, he'll nail those extra points and he'll get the occasional field goal, but his total kicking outage is probably going to be less just because the offence is good and they're going to score touchdowns. This is a Jacoby Brissett offence. They struggle to move the ball. He had, a, I think, 147 passing yards, one touchdown that was... A blown coverage on Kareem Hunt. He just managed to scamper in from two yards out. He's going to get the opportunities here. Browns, smartly, going to have to rely on the run. Fair enough, you got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. But it's a predictable offence, to be honest. And the Panthers aim here is going to be bend, don't break. So don't give up the touchdowns. I think the Browns are going to move into field goal territory often. Probably not going to be able to get the ball, punch the ball in. And Kay York is just going to mop it up, going to miss Score those points. Get me to about, I'm I'm thinking about 10 points this week. Three field goals, one touchdown. Well, one extra point conversion. Yeah, I love this. I'm going to be tracking this. This could be a weekly feature for me. Until this kicking line is higher. Probably when Deshaun Watson's back, it's not going to be as tasty. But yeah, Jacoby Brissett, he's not scoring the touchdowns. Give it, give it to KG York.
1: For newcomers to this sport and kind of this kind of thing, um, this is the most passionate anyone's ever been about a kicker ever. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love to hear it. Uh, but yeah, you justify it perfectly. Um, I can kind of use that as a caveat for my my final pick uh, in a sense. Um, I'm going with another underdog this week. I'm going. I'm going a little bit balls to the wall in on this one. Uh, I went with the Cardinals. I'm going with the Saints with the points. I will throw that out there. I do like them on the spread. I think that extra three is going to be going to be crucial um I like the Saints plus three against yes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, the nemesis week. it's the nemesis of Tom Brady it really is it really is and I'll come back to that caveat you've said about kickers um the Bucs pretty comfortable let's be honest against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football last week obviously no one really is talking about the game because the real story was that Prescott coming out of that game and being injured uh for a fair chunk of the season but the Bucs although they won by 16 points I believe Kind of thought to deceive a little bit. They weren't. They weren't all that good. And crucially, they sent the kicker out five times uh, for field goals. They kicked four of them. So Ryan took up one. You may look at <laughs> for weeks to come. <laughs> he, he had twelve points in field goals himself. Um, but yeah, that kind of goes to show that the Buccaneers, although they got the win, yes they did. They weren't. They weren't clicking. They weren't clicking quite as well uh, as you may suspect. Each week one, these things happen. But sometimes that takes a little bit of a while. And the Buccaneers are known for this they are known for kind of peaking at the right time not necessarily being at their best right away as you say week two they go to the Superdome they play the New Orleans Saints Tom Brady while he's being with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is 0-4 against the New Orleans Saints I know that's strange I know it doesn't make any sense it's a fact <laughs> the last eight games the last eight games the Bucs have played against the Saints they're 1-7 and against the spread It's an insane statistic. No one can really work out what's happening. It's very, very strange. That includes the end of the Drew B's era where he couldn't really throw the ball. It's all very, very odd. And I'm not usually kind of a hoodoo kind of guy. And I I don't really latch onto this kind of stuff. But sometimes a trend's a trend and you've just kind of got to go with it. Um, I personally think this is probably the best Saints team they've had in that four-year spell uh, as well. And as I say, the books not quite clicking just yet. Will they be there? Down the stretch, will they win the NFC South? Most likely. But they do take a little bit of time. They do take a little bit of time to get up to speed. I thought the Saints, they didn't beat the Falcons very convincingly the last week, of course, but they came about a nice fourth quarter, 17 points, did the business. Really good to see Michael Thomas back. He had a couple of touchdowns. Jarvis, Jarvis Landry fitted that offense like a glove. Hundred yards, maybe the best free
0: agency sign in Jarvis Landry. What
1: a, what an appearance! Under the radar, wasn't it? Really, to say he's a player with such a, uh, such good name value, really did happen under the radar. And going back to Louisiana as well, former LSU receiver made a lot of sense. Taysom Hill show still rolling on. <laughs> he had a little cameo, eighty yards on the ground. Uh, and I think crucially, and obviously, I tipped it last week, so it was a little bit disappointing on the day. But Alvin Kamara wasn't that involved in this game. I don't think that's an issue going forward uh, for the Saints. And I do wonder, I think they were pretty confident about being the Falcons last week, as you'd expect. Alvin Kamara is one of these guys. He's so dangerous. He's so dynamic. But similar to Christian McCaffrey, you don't want to burn him out. You don't want to burn a player like that out. I think the fact he wasn't used too much last week isn't an issue at all. They're waiting to use him against the teams they want to have a real crack at. The Buccaneers is one of those teams. And Jameis Winston didn't throw a pick. Good signs. There's some a lot. There's a lot of good signs about this Saints team going forward. Best, advert for, laser,
0: best advert for laser. Best advert for
1: Get laser eye surgery. You're not going to throw thirty picks. It's as simple as that. Um, I think they've got a chance in this game. I think they've got a real chance in this game. History tells us they do. They've got three points on the spread. I'm taking the Saints. I'm taking Brilliant. the Saints against
0: the books. Throw in the revenge game narrative for Jameis as well. He wants it. He wants to beat his books. Yeah. No, I, I love this. I think the Saints are dangerous. And if they win this game, I think they've got a good chance at the NFC South. Obviously, a lot of season to play, but yeah, great bet. Yeah.
1: And don't sleep on that defence as well. it uh, can play. It can always play. Okay. So that's all we've got time for this week on the Extra Point Podcast. But do make sure to be back here next week where we'll look back a little bit on week two. Hopefully have some winners and look ahead to week three. Wherever you found this podcast, do give us a follow. Give us a five star rating, Apple Podcast. That goes a long way uh, towards helping us over here. And if you're in for a read this week, Sporting Life, we've both got our articles on there, our tips for the week. Do follow along if you can uh, and enjoy the football. We'll see you later.